Hello and welcome to the Bicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, although based here in Jerusalem. Today we have a special guest, Jackie Hugi, who is the Arab Affairs Analyst on Army Radio. Um, for full disclosure, Jackie is one of my favourite Arab Affairs Analysts, and usually his, uh, his thoughts are only available to Hebrew-speaking listeners, so it's a real pleasure and a delight to welcome onto the Bicom podcast to hear his assessment in English. Hi Richard, thank you for hosting me here. Thank you very much indeed. If we can start with the Israel-Lebanon maritime deal. I'd like to get your overall assessment of the deal. This is the first agreement between Israel, official, between Israel and Lebanon since the peace agreement of May 1983. I mean, almost 40 years ago. That experience ended with the assassination of President Amin Jumail, the Lebanese president, about what they perceived as its treason. They thought that he was betrayed. This agreement seemed much better, I mean, with more uh, chances to succeed. Second point, uh, those understandings between uh, the state of Lebanon and the uh, state of Israel achieved with Hezbollah out. Hezbollah was not a partner in, in those uh, uh, talks, and therefore he pushed himself violently. It is not say that Hezbollah will not enjoy the benefits. It says two other things. First, that this area can live without Hezbollah and that Hezbollah is pragmatic because Lebanon is in a condition of uh, bankruptcy. And this is not the time for wars, but for unity. Lebanon, in this case, became unite and shows that it can deliver. It can do something positive for itself. This is the most promising achievement of Lebanon in the last few decades, economically speaking. But what is most interesting in this issue is Israel, because Israel gave Lebanon officially area within its economic zone, which contains gas inside. Okay, And this point is contradicting the historical policy of Israel to give other states or other sites areas. This was made because Israel understood that if the Lebanese will have gas, this could be a factor for stability. And in case of war, this could be the soft underbelly of Lebanon, a target for Israeli assault. And in your view, how much of a hold does Nasrallah currently have over Lebanese politics. Nasrallah is a major player within the Lebanese politics. Lebanon is an arena that the regional superpowers and international superpowers are playing. Iran, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Syria, France, the United States, even Russia sometimes. Each one of them has its own representative or emissaries inside Lebanon. It's minings. Hezbollah is the fixer of Iran. As a party, it's the most organized, the most sharp, the most accurate than the others. And you can imagine that if the most organized uh, factor in Lebanon is Iran's ally, then his place is very uh, crucial or essential for anything that is happening in, in Lebanon or in Lebanese politics. 
I suppose one of the reasons for the rush to sign it was the end of the Lebanon, Lebanese president Ayoun's term in office, which ends in a matter of days. Um, what or who can we expect to see happen next? Kind of inside Lebanese. Michel Aoun was one of the reasons that made this agreement to move forward. He's authoritative, he's acceptable, former military commander. They're trying to elect now a new president and can hardly succeed with finding a figure in his position. He's about to finish his cadence by the end of October, I mean, after a few days. And here we have some interesting points. The Lebanese always emphasized the unity in this issue because those who led the talks from their side were the three presidents. This is how they call it. Aoun, the president of the republic, Najib Mikati, who is the prime minister, and Nabiya Beri, who is the moderator of the parliament. Each one of them is representing one of the three major uh, sectors in, uh, in Lebanon, the Christians, the Shia, and the Sunnah. The intensive discourse about unity hiding some, uh, let's say, wishful thinking that from now on they keep receive decisions with the same manner. For example, with the election of the new president. Because they understand for sure that the unity gives them success. Frankly speaking, I doubt if it, it may happen again. But you see, it's some kind of a touching aspiration that uh, teaches you something about the Lebanese domestic politics. I suppose taking it further forward, do you think there's a chance that Israel and Lebanon could expand the scope and move on to other issues? Unfortunately, not in the close future. Those understandings were single-use for the benefit of the, both sides' interests. Uh, to a large extent thanks to the um, American mediator. Amos Hochstein is not only an international energy expert, he is also represents a superpower. And in this field of mediation, when a superpower is involved, it gives a heavy weight to the talks. Both sides take a superpower much more uh, seriously. As long as Iran is getting from Israel huge blows everywhere, military, cyber, diplomacy, intelligence, it will not give the Israelis a gift in Lebanon. And this is the answer to your question. Thank you. If we can turn our attention now to the West Bank, if we start with the security situation, how would you describe the current level of violence in the West Bank? First, in the West Bank today, there is a violence against Israel that causes by non-affiliated youngs not Hamas, not Islamic Jihad, those two factions and others, they are keen to seize ownership over those individuals. And from the other side, those individuals, they need some durability, air to breathe, funding. So it's a matter of time until they join, and then Israel will face a huge problem, more than what is happening currently. Why it didn't happen so far, because the uh, Palestinian Authority was in the middle. Today, the PA is not in the middle, because Israel make it weaker, and the Arab states made it weaker, and the PA itself made itself become differently than it was 10 years ago. The PA said, I cannot anymore. I'm exhausted. 
if the Israelis think that they are clever, okay, let them play alone. And the result is what we see today in the West Bank. Now, there is a new organization, I think primarily based out of Nablus, called the Lion's Den. What can you tell us about them? Lion's Den are not an organization as we knew. It's a collection of young armed uh, people from uh, uh, Nablus province who are not affiliated to non any any organization that feel abandoned by the PA, abandoned by Israel, and they have weapon and they feel that they are protecting the population. So far, this is not new. There were always uh, armed people in Nablus and in Jenin and in other places. What is new is that they have no one to inspect them. Who is taking care of this issue currently? And therefore, within few months, they can be more stronger, more organized, and uh, to find some um, maybe uh, foreign uh, funding or foreign support. That's what happened in Syria. This is the way that, that the rebels organizations or rebels faction were, were built day by day. Israel has, of course, the uh, ability to prevent this, intelligence speaking, military speaking, even diplomatic. Now, politically, how would you assess the current standing of the Palestinian Authority among Palestinians, and how is Hamas's popularity an organization in the West Bank? I have a Palestinian friend who calls the uh, PA, the Palestinian Authority, chain of municipalities. The street is very disappointed uh, from them. They failed to bring them a Palestinian state with uh, Jerusalem as its capital. They are corrupted. They care only for themselves. The Palestinian individual, his experience is that Israel doesn't care of him. He's not wrong. Israel never had a policy, no broad program to take care of the Palestinian uh, individual. And in fact, this, this guy or this citizen has no address to approach. At least this is what he feels. And therefore it is very dangerous because at the past we saw that in, in this condition, the individual is taking his own fate by his hands. And this is crucial. The stage that Israel's enemy is not Hamas, is not Islamic Jihad, even though the PA, it's the individual. And there are millions and they knives in, the, in their hands, or a car, or a rifle, not one, not two, even no dozens, much more than this. It's a dangerous stage. There was a strange uh, report last week of uh, an, a reconciliation agreement signed between Hamas and Fatah. Um, is this serious? Will this really lead to some power sharing and, a, and closing the divide between the Gaza Strip and the West Bank? Well, uh, Algerian understandings between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas were another document in a series of documents or understandings along the years. There is no reason to assume currently that it would be different from all those that was before. I mean, when I speak about the experience, it showed that both sides are not committed to those documents. Second point, uh, the mediator is acceptable on both sides. It's the, it's the Algerian government, but 
its weight is not that heavy. And there is no some new crucial development or a new factor that came into, into the game and can force both sides to, uh, or force the, the mediator to push them, to push them uh, uh, for reconciliation. So I think that uh, they go for it uh, to satisfy um, some players. First, uh, Algeria, that is, by the way, is funding partly, of course, the PA, and then to satisfy the public. Note that the PA was not represented, in this case, with the high-ranked delegate. And it says something about the amount of seriously that they, that they perceive those talks. Jackie, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. It was my pleasure.